Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Don Jackson Blattner is an author, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and friend of this show. She's a friend of America. She wants you to eat well, and she wants you to like it, and she can show you how to do that. Hi, Dawn. How are you? I love it. Friend of America. Well, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Dawn, I just want to go back before we get rolling here to something that came up last week, or maybe it was even two weeks ago. You were telling us how to build a better sandwich. We were talking about lunch meat. You continue to remind us, and I repeat what you say, because it seems to be good advice that those deli meats that you get are processed, and you shouldn't eat processed food, especially the salt-laden who knows what's into those deli meats. So then I said, but, well, so here's what I said. Um, but you're still always better off if you're okay. making extra, you know, meat for yourself at home. As much as I like a ham sandwich, now I got to go buy a ham. And now I guess the ham's cooked. Maybe I got to heat it up and then slice off pieces of ham when I want a ham sandwich. How long will that fresh cut meat in my fridge last? How, what's the shelf life of that? So I asked that question. My son and wife, listening in different locations, burst out laughing at the stupidity of that question. But you didn't laugh at me, Don. No, I, that's, I thought it was a good question because it, ham is a confusing meat. Thank you. The, the, yes, it's confusing meat. Because here's the deal. Ham, you know, it's from a hog, right? And it's like part of a leg. But the deal is, is that ham then is cured with or without smoking and curing is part of why it is a processed meat so really no matter how you buy it or where you buy it in the store ham is going to be considered see that's what i was thinking it would be like a big like a like a whole chicken or a piece of uh, beef that you can get without having it processed or other cuts of pork for that matter i thought ham was just a thing walking around in the farm but when you get that whole ham at the grocery store, it doesn't matter how you slice it. You're eating a processed meat, right? Yes. And, you know, Didn't the idea know of process, yes. And I think that's why it's not a bad question is because a lot of people get confused about it. And, you know, same kind of thing. Everything, like when somebody says, well, isn't turkey bacon then better? Well, here's the deal. It's still bacon. And in that family of bacon and ham and hot dogs, no matter what they're made of, whether it's poultry <laughs> or beef, you know, that's a, their processed meat. So those categories, the ham, the hot dogs, the sausages, and the bacon, those are all, no matter where you buy them in the store or what size or what they're made of, they're processed. What do you think of turkey, Franks? <laughs> processed. But here's the deal. You know, I do think that people get confused about processed food in general. And it's like, hey, some processing is good, you know. It's like uh, the salad bags that we love so much. Those are processed because the lettuce has been already chopped up. Oh, no. Um, you know, things like uh, tuna in a can is processed because it's canned, but there's nothing else in there besides just the tuna. There's no other additive. So I actually came up with an acronym mostly to help my parents uh, read labels because uh, one day I went over, they said, oh, you'd be, and this is years ago, you'd be so, you know, proud of us. We have, you know, no processed foods uh, in our uh, house. And I said, let me go around and look what you what you mean. And it's it just confusing. So I was like, no, I think i got to make this acronym for them and for America, since I'm American. Yes, friends, right. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
And so uh, I made it C-R-A-P. When you're reading the ingredient list, that's where you should go. Like even in the deli, um, people email me, um, your listeners, and they say, well, you know, if I get it from the deli, and the deli guy or woman is slicing it for me, how will I know the ingredients? Well, if you know the brand name on websites, they have the ingredient list of what's there. So if you read this ingredient list, you're looking to not see a lot of these things. Uh, chemicals that you don't use in your kitchen, that's the C. R is refined sugar and flour. A is the artificial stuff like flavors and colors and sweeteners. And P is preservative. So you can see like even when you're getting like a, you know, a deli meat and you say, oh my gosh, what are all these words? These are preservatives. These are additives. This is caramel coloring. These are, oh, these are red flags that I'm reading this ingredient list and I see CRAP, which means it's highly likely to be a highly processed food. Okay, don't Whereas, eat no crap. You know, so chemicals, <laughs> refined <laughs> sugar and flour, that's the R. A stands for artificial ingredients or sweeteners, I guess, and P stands for preservatives. Don, you did say um, salad bags, though, uh, have preservatives, right? Uh, I, I thought we said those said bags of salad, like the, the chopped kale sweet salad that I had for dinner last night. I thought you said those were okay. Yes, they are. And so this is, this is where the confusion comes in. If I read the label of that bag, you're just going to see kale and cabbage and carrots and the things that we know to be food, <laughs> you know? And so that means that even though it's in the bag, even though it's in a package, that's good. It's A+. Plus. And so you will not know. The moral of this story, the bottom line is, just because the food is in a package does not mean that it is processed and bad for you. You have to read the ingredient list to see if it has CRAP stuff in there. And even then, it doesn't mean you can't buy it and you can't enjoy it. It just means that, hey, Listen up. You might be eating a highly processed food. Maybe you, there's a different brand that has less of these ingredients in there that would be a better choice for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Don, last week, one of our listeners said, please ask Don Jackson Blattner if she's ever seen You Are What You Eat on Netflix. Um, have you seen that? And what do you know about that? Okay. I know a lot about it. And not because I've seen it, but You Are What You Eat, a twin experiment, is based on a research study that I know inside and out that was published in the Journal of American Medical Association. So this uh, Netflix documentary is based on an actual research study. And here's what the research study was all about. Uh, it was, it's called the twin experiment. So it was based on 22 sets of identical twins. So there's 44 people in the study. It lasted eight weeks and it was done by Stanford University. And here's what they did. They basically took the twins and one of each twin set became a vegan, and one of each twin became an omnivore. And the vegans, to remind everybody, that means they're eating no animal products. So this is nothing made with milk or eggs or meat or chicken, nothing like that. And the omnivore diet has everything in it. They are somebody who eats everything. Um, the research study really tried to make sure that both of these diets were, quote, healthy, meaning that the vegetarian wasn't eating just a bunch of processed stuff. The omnivore was still eating plenty of vegetables. And so they compared these um, groups of twins following a vegan and omnivore diet first over four weeks where they supplied all the food for them. So they didn't have to cook. They didn't have to shop. They didn't have to do anything for the first four weeks. And then the second four weeks of this eight-week study, they had to cook all their own food and see if they could follow their vegan or their omnivore diet. And then after the eight weeks, the scientists took their blood and said, let's see, did they get healthier? 
And so what ended up happening is that the vegan group ended up losing four more pounds than the omnivore group. The vegan group ended up having lower LDL or the bad cholesterol. And the vegan group had uh, lower fasting insulin levels, which is usually considered a risk factor for diabetes. So the moral of the story, so everybody thinks, is that, oh, vegan diets are going to be better for your, uh, you know, weight and better for your heart health. But, 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 here's the big problem. The huge problem that all scientists are now talking about is this does not work out to be true because they were fed different amounts of calories. And so these diets were not, in fact, equal because they fed the vegans fewer calories. And anytime you feed someone fewer calories, they are going to lose weight and likely have better cholesterol levels and likely have better insulin levels. So the confounding variable that everybody's talking about who's in the science world is saying, hey, it's a great show if you want to just watch some entertaining stuff. However, this is not a true report of science because there is this variable of calories that mess everything up. But here's what I will say. What did we learn from it? What do we, there is something we can take away from this study. And it's not that vegans necessarily are always going to lose weight and have better heart health. But it is, hey, maybe we should eat more plants. Because these vegans ended up eating way more fiber. And they ended up naturally eating less calories, too. So what if, instead of trying to be vegan, we all tried to be, you know, more meatless Monday vibes? Or one day a week, two days a week, that we try and be more plant-based. And that's sort of what even the study um, researchers are saying. Hey, we're not pushing everyone to be vegan, but we are saying we need to eat more plants, people. This is what we need to do. That's really interesting. I'm glad you took the time to explain that to us. I've got a lot of questions from our listeners now, Dawn. Um, We're kind of back to meats and sausages. Can I ask you some of these as well? (laughs) Yes, sounds good. We're calling on Dawn Jackson-Blattner to answer some questions for us. She's an author and registered dietitian and nutritionist. She's the author of The Flexitarian Diet. I was going to mention that, Dawn, so where you are comparing, as was that um, Netflix series, uh, You Are What You Eat, um, while, while you were talking about the comparison between a vegan diet and an omnivorous diet, you are a flexitarian. That sounds uh, omnivorous to me. Yeah, a flexitarian falls in between those two. So uh, an omnivore wakes up and is going to eat anything. A flexitarian wakes up and is trying to eat more plants. They're really, they really are actively thinking about adding black beans to their tacos, they're actively thinking about, hey, you know what, maybe I can try air fryer tofu. You know, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, like that kind of stuff. So uh, it is one of those more flexible approaches to being a vegetarian. And it's a lot of times for people, it's a great stepping stone if they do want to even try to become vegan. It's like to have this middle ground um, where they're a little bit more flexible at first. Is food directly from the butcher processed? Uh, It can be. Um, because the processing, it could be anything from curing to adding different kinds of salt agents to adding brine. What's cool about the butcher, though, is you really can talk to them and say, what is this? What's in here? What are the ingredients? How is this made? Um, As opposed to, you know, just buying it, you know, off of a shelf where you don't really know all the details. But I go to the butcher and they'll cut a steak for me, you know, right off the slab. Uh, that's, That's great. That's 
probably a safe bet. Uh, what if the ham or bacon are uncured? Is it good then? Ooh, wait, is this controversial? So a lot of things are labeled like that, uh, that at the grocery store say, like uncured or naturally cured. And so what has been happening is uh, manufacturers are taking nitrates, the compound nitrates, out of these things and putting in celery uh, and celery powder, celery salt, and saying, oh, this is the natural way to cure things, so we're going to say this is uncured. Um, and that actually is very controversial and is not true. That even the belief is that even when things are naturally cured with like a celery salt, um, that it's still a food to limit. Again, these things don't have to be fear-mongering, like you can never eat it again. It's just like don't make it the base of your diet, you know. But So I would say even in those cases, mm-hmm. to limit it. Okay, but then 312 says, so is any meat not processed nowadays? Uh, yes, all sorts of meats are unprocessed. Exactly what you said, like the steak that you're getting, chicken breast, chicken thighs. Uh, ground turkey, even it's been ground, so that's been you know there is a process there, but there is nothing added to it. So like ground turkey, ground chicken, um, all sorts of fish, any kind of you know salmon or um, tuna or sardines. So basically, eggs would be considered a protein that's an animal source. Um, so yes, there are they are available. It's really just like the deli meats and the the ham the sausages, the hot dogs, and mm-hmm. the bacon that we're talking about. Hey, Don, what's a healthy alternative to a donut? Okay, listen, okay. Sometimes you got to eat a donut. That's all I'm going to say. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> if you try and make a healthy swap, it's just going to backfire. You know, i got to tell you, there's real psychology to food that, you know, if you eat six healthy donuts and you think you're doing such a great job, you probably would have been better off eating one regular donut. Here's what's bad about a donut is that they have sugar and fat, and they are fried. And so is there something that you could have that's carby, that's not quite as sugary or yeah. fatty or fried? Yeah. And so the sort of alternative in our world um, is to buy yourself a donut pan. And donut pans are pretty interesting. It's like a muffin pan, but it's in the shape of a donut. And then you are in control of having, you know, sort of like a healthified muffin mix, basically. So you could buy those at the store where they're a little less sugar and they're made of things like almond flour, or you can make your own with like whole wheat flour, almond flour, oat flour, um, using a little less sugar, blah, 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 and put it, your muffin mix, in a donut pan and bake it. So it's still the carbiness, it's still sugar, but not as much. Um, and so that could be an option. But like I said, you know, don't uh, eat seven of those and think you're doing such a great job. Sometimes, you know, just one of the regular things is more psychologically better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know that, but I also think the psychology of holding that round piece of bready thing, albeit the healthier one you described, would be fairly satisfying to me. I, I like my donuts, but I think if I was doing what you said, I think that would scratch a lot of that itch I have for something to go with my coffee. I, I like the sound of that. Is unbleached, yeah. is unbleached flour better for you, Dawn? No, it is not. Uh, so you're going to see all sorts of words like unbleached or enriched, all these fancy sounding words. But it's not what we're looking for. When it comes to flour, we're really looking for whole grain. So it'll say, like, whole wheat flour. Like, that would be the option that would get you the most whole grain bang for your buck. If I don't buy processed meats, what should I buy if I like meat? I don't have time to cook my own chicken and turkey and so forth. Well, 
I will tell you, uh, it is surprisingly easy to make it, you know, on a weekend when you have yeah. a little bit more time and then have it for the next three to four days in your fridge. So it is possible. I've done it with people with crazy uh, work schedules. I mean, when you're really in a pinch, we have talked about the idea of um, the lower sodium rotisserie chickens uh, being an option. But I got to say, you know, doing the test of making your own on the weekend and having it around for three or four days after really is amazing. Yeah. It really does yeah. uh, help out quite a bit. This is uh, Carrie. You're on WGN with Don. Carrie, what can we do for you? Hey, John. Hey, Don. Um, uh, related to what you've been talking about, um, processed food. I love seafood, especially shellfish. So even the best stuff that you can buy, you know, frozen uh, shrimp, uh, scallops, always salt or TSP stuff in it. So is it, and when you go to a restaurant, is when you get shrimp, is it infused with you know shrimp and TSP and chemicals or and how should I buy it? Yeah, okay. So here is what happens in food. This is my business right here, is that there's so much fear around eating and the fact that things are processed and whatever. People stop eating seafood. They stop eating fruits and vegetables. They stop eating everything. They don't know what to do. And so they say, guess what? I'm going to do nothing. You know. And so one of the things is, is to know that seafood as a category even if it has added salt in there or anything um, that, like you said, you might recognize a preservative agent, is still a very good option. It is not heavily processed like a hot dog or a bacon. And so that would be still a great option. So even though we have some of these details and we're going sort of, you know, through this reading an ingredient list, you have to always take a bigger look at your diet pattern and say, whoa, I know eating fish is very important, and so I'm going to still do this, even if there's like a little extra salt in this or whatever it yeah, be. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying about that? Big, I call it big picture wellness. We get so worried about details, sometimes we forget. The main things are, are you eating three cups of vegetables a day and two cups of fruits? You're probably not. You know, are you eating any beans or lentils in your week? You're probably not. Are you drinking any water? You know, you're probably not. Um, so those kinds of big picture things are more important than these smaller What details. a good question. Thank you for the call, Carrie. Uh, please tell Dawn that as a vegetarian, I'm always looking for ways to add protein to my diet, so I follow her advice and add a tablespoon of all-natural peanut butter to my oatmeal and my dairy-free Greek oatmeal, and it's delicious. Thank you, Dawn. And I wanted you to answer one more question here, Dawn, from a listener. Um, uh, where was it now? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll get to it. Um, please discuss non-animal-based choices for sandwiches. So I guess I'm going to put an avocado or a tomato on there, something like that, Don. Uh, well, the biggest thing is when you are doing more of a plant-based diet, you still have to make sure you're getting enough protein. And the best protein sources for vegans and vegetarians comes from the bean family. So every kind of black bean, pinto bean, garbanzo bean, and especially soybeans. So that's tofu, that's tempeh, that's edamame. So if you're really trying to make a whole well-rounded sandwich that's vegetarian, yeah. you have whole grain bread, you have fruits and vegetables on there, but you also have a protein source. So that can be mashed beans. It can be delicious air fryer um, tofu. I got to tell you that thinly sliced on a sandwich is delicious. Really? Even tempeh, barbecue tempeh is great on a sandwich too. So you can do it in a plant-based way, but just don't 
think not eating the meat is all you need to do to be a good vegetarian. You Don, still have to get vegetarian. Here's that question I was looking for. Is it safe to yeah. eat frozen blueberries that have thawed out for four hours and then are refrozen? Uh, okay, it depends on how they are thawed. If they're thawed in the fridge, you're okay. Uh, but if they're thawed on the counter, probably not. Anytime you have food out for more than two hours, this is where you get into a little bit of a trick. So that's the good rule of thumb there. And anytime when you are doing uh, frozen vegetables, make sure you cook those. Um, those are a big time um, food in terms of food safety. Make sure you're cooking your frozen vegetables. Um, the frozen fruit can be eaten even raw. Don Jackson Blattner. Uh, just uh, follow her, DJ Blattner, on Instagram or Click on our website, donjacksonblattner.com. Okay, uh, America's Don Jackson Blattner, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> thank you. I'll talk to you next week. I hope you do.